Chapter 22, Christmas and New Year's, Year 2, 2012-2013. It is 12-12-12. I am in one of my classes trying to get them to rewrite the 12 days of Christmas as a way of celebrating a date that will never happen again in their lifetime. I got the idea from John, and it is a good idea in theory. The 12 Days of Christmas has never been one of my favorite Christmas songs, as it goes on forever, and because of having to sing everything backwards. But the kids seem to like that part. I suggest they replace the words of the song with things that mean something to them. So there are dragons, dumplings, and things they would like to see or eat in the song now. I try to convince the class to stay in the room until 12-12, so it would make it 12-12 on the 12th day of the 12th year, and we would somehow mark the spot. The class usually ends at 12-10, so they think that's going too far. Staying for even a second longer when it comes to going for lunch seems like an injustice to them. Jackie Chan is making a movie in the school, and although no one has actually seen him, there are rumors all day long around where he might be at any given time. They are so obsessed with the idea of seeing him, every few minutes one of the students jumps up to look out the window saying, I think I see Jackie Chan. So one of my classes changes the line, 12 drummers drumming, with 12 Jackie Chan. Our living room looks like a discotheque. I am hypnotized by the flashing colored lights that now adorn our TV. We took a trip to the store metro and stocked up on candy for a hundred or more kids. Christmas lights, chocolates, nuts, and other Christmas paraphernalia. Why putting up flashing lights and bits of green and red would make it feel more like Christmas, I don't know. It seems silly to decorate the flat with wreaths, small trees, and tinsel when we will not even be here, but it feels wrong not to. We will work this Saturday in exchange for a couple of days off at Christmas. John and I and three other teachers have booked flights for Sanya. It's a place that is billed as China's Hawaii. We will be there for four days, leaving after school on the 21st and coming back on the evening of the 25th. We have school the next day. We then get three days off at New Year's, too. John has proven again that he is a math nerd. He bought a clock, one with no numbers, just a couple of small lines to indicate which way is up, and repainted it with unit circle references and angles measured in radians and pi radians. He keeps looking at it, saying, It is now three halves pi past pi over six, meaning it is half past one, etc., which, as you can imagine, means nothing to me. He took it into the math office where they all drooled over it, especially Nora, the math genius. We are in the Christmas show coming up. It was organized by Erica and her students, who wrote a play and suggested who should play what role. 
They said Daryl and John, Daryl is our principal, should be Santa and I should be the narrator. As the story is about trying to work out who the real Santa is, and Daryl loves to camp up his Santa, John decided he would go the other way and has become a bad Santa. He has a cigarette hanging from his mouth while playing the harmonica, a Santa suit, really just the top, and a hat that has seen better days and has lots of obvious holes all over it, silver leggings, he got those from me, that he wears a black speedo over, they were a little obscene without it, and a large pillow for his tummy. He looks so funny. The two Santas have all kinds of competitions and are both funny in their own ways. I have way too many lines to remember for my fading memory, but because I am the storyteller, I have a large book on my lap, hiding the words blown up to A3 size due to my failing eyesight. We have two shows, and then the next day we head off to Sanya after school. It is Friday, and we are leaving after school for Sanya. No one has seen Jackie Chan yet, but I had a student tell me he saw another famous action movie star. He didn't know his English name, but he said he often stars alongside Jackie Chan. He saw him in the washroom at the school. I asked if he spoke to him, and he said, yes, we took his picture. I hope it wasn't while he was doing his business. We are starting to think Jackie Chan showing up is a rumor. John and I and the other teachers have performed in both Christmas shows for the kids, and John was a big hit as Bad Santa. There is a part in the play where the two Santas do a model walk, to the song, I'm Too Sexy For My. Daryl did the hands-on-hips thing, and John walked straight towards the audience, flung his cigarette at the audience, and flashed them. Not a real flash. They got to see his silver tights and large, due to the pillow, of course, stomach. His comic timing is genius. I know I'm a little biased, but it's true. It is Saturday, Seven of us arrived in Sanya last night, and after marveling at the idea that a two-hour flight could get us to a tropical climate, we settled into our hotel apartment. There is a wonderful view of some amazing buildings across the harbor from the wooden rocking chairs on the balcony, and our room is spacious and kitsch, with a round bed red heart pillows, and frilly net curtains. Steve, who works with John in the math office, and Nancy, his wife, have been here a few times, so they organized this trip. We just woke up after a good sleep, and they take us to a place where they say you can get a good coffee. I don't drink coffee, but am craving an American breakfast. I get something close. Eggs, easy over bacon, a smoothie, and a croissant. There is also a watery porridge that you are meant to eat with a spicy radish, as that's how they eat porridge in China. We sit at a table outside and enjoy the warmth of the morning sun. 
I finish my breakfast and walk through the restaurant into the lu, which is a typical Chinese hole-in-the-ground toilet. Everything is very clean, and there is even toilet paper in the stall. A wall down to the ground in between the two stalls and a little space under the door in front of the hole in the ground. I stand up after I do my business and am adjusting my skirt. Being hot outside, I have sandals on my feet and bare legs. A large, dark rat runs under the door towards me, brushes past my leg, I feel its hair on my bare leg, and runs behind me. It is now somewhere inside the stall with me. I have always wondered whether I would be able to scream in a dangerous situation. I scream loudly three times, and the stall beside me goes quiet. I assume they think I'm crazy. While I am madly fumbling with the lock and the door trying to get out. I have no idea whether the rat ran down the hole or is still in the stall beside the garbage can. When I come out of the ladies' washroom, I expect to see people gaping, having heard the screams, but everyone is going about their business as usual. There are not many people on the beach here. I may have mentioned before that most Chinese people stay out of the sun. The people we do see are either fully clothed with hats and sunglasses, with umbrellas or in the shade of the palm trees. John and I lay down our towels, and some people stare, others take pictures. A few people come to sit beside us, mostly because they are trying to be friendly. The concept of personal space is not always recognized or understood here. We are sitting on the beach, and a Chinese design student from Shanghai obviously wants to practice his English as he has been taking pictures of us and is now sitting on my towel. He has a shirt, trousers, and a string of pearls around his neck. Next to him, there is a woman who sat down very close to me so she could coax her grandchild, who is ignoring us, into saying some English words. Her body is covered except for her feet, and she has large sunglasses and a sun hat on her head. She seems oblivious to the fact that we can't really understand her and has been chattering away for some time. The student doesn't understand our Chinese until he sees it written, and it all becomes tiring after trying to communicate for over an hour. We leave for another part of the beach. Wedding photography is big business in China, and people get their pictures taken in any beautiful spot they can find. It is usually done well in advance of the wedding and is costly. Here in Sanya, the beaches are littered with girls in princess dresses and their suitors in brightly colored tuxedos carrying flowers. The girls' dresses vary from red, yellow, turquoise, and white. These outfits are usually rented or provided by the company taking the pictures. The backdrop of long sandy beaches and palm trees, the expensive cameras and reflectors, make the girls and boys who are about to be married movie stars for the day. Sanya is like China's Hawaii, and there are mostly Chinese people here. 
but there are also Russian tourists. So there is an area that is called the Russian Quarter, where the shops and I guess the hotels in the surrounding area all cater to the Russians that come here. It is odd to hear these Chinese people calling out in Russian to us instead of assuming that we are English-speaking. The shops in this quarter sell mostly large and extra-large sizes, so most of the clothes are too big for me, which is amazing. But they have some good silk products, so we buy a couple of things here. We decide to go to the hot springs, which is just outside of Sanya. We pile on a bus with lots of Chinese tourists and make our way there. It is a spa, so there are changing rooms and lockers, and we walk around in our bathing suits to various small springs that have had other things added to them. There is one with coconut milk, one with lemongrass, Chinese medicine, rose petals, wine, etc. There are some that are over 40 degrees centigrade, and we don't stay in them long, long, but the one that gets our attention is the one with a species of fish that are like mini piranhas. There are small fish the size of a child's finger, and some are larger fish the size of a large man's big toe that nibble on your dead skin. We are told that the small ones tickle and the large ones bite, so I'm not looking forward to it. But we arrive and two of the young teachers who flew here with us are here with their newly found German friends, and they look quite relaxed, so we get in. At first it is unbearably ticklish, and I make more noise than anyone here hooting and squealing every time I feel them nibbling at me. Pretty soon I have a crowd of big and small fish nibbling away. John and I think they like older skin more, as there is probably more dead skin there. As long as I don't look down and actually see what they are doing, it's all right. I grow to like it, sort of. I do not go as far as John does, immersing his head. He says he can hear them as they nibble at his ears. I talk him out of putting his mouth in the water. He thinks it would feel good to have them nibbling inside his cheeks. There are stations with vats of health tea advertising the ability to do the following. Quote, Qi beauty, qi throat, lungs, expelling wind, and cold prevention of anti-sense, unquote. It was quite tasty, but I don't feel it makes any difference to my sense, nor does it help with expelling wind. There are also fresh coconuts at a coconut bar, where they are using an electric drill to bore a hole for the straw. These are delicious, refreshing, and hydrating. The hotel is close to some good restaurants, so we have our fill of very good, real Italian, the chef is from Italy, and Thai food and Western breakfasts. It is late on Christmas Day, and we have arrived back in Wuhan. The sky darkens, and snowflakes begin to fall to the ground. We are in the school, and I have asked my kids to bring a present 
they drew names before the holiday for each other. I have a very small, pitiful Christmas tree that plays Christmas music on my desk. The kids laugh when they see it and say, Made in China? I have a large red bag full of different candy which I am offering to all the students and an exercise in creating a new costume for Santa. I also have my guitar and some Christmas songs, and they ask if I would play the songs to them while they work instead of them singing with me. It is a version of Christmas. Some have actually bought thoughtful gifts for each other, and others have last-minute chocolate bars, but I am impressed that most of them have done it. After today, we will have three more days of school, and then it's the New Year holiday. Still no Jackie Chan. The movie crew are gone now. It is Saturday night, and we are in a huge stadium. We are again reminded of the special status we have here in China. We were invited to a concert for free and given seats in the front row because we are foreigners. There are international stars in the show, and I imagine our international faces were needed for the cameras filming the event, as we are told that it will be on television at some time soon. There are four presenters, three Chinese, two guys and one girl, and one American girl. They are all attractive and have changed costumes three times so far during the concert. The American girl speaks excellent Chinese. Everyone's jaws drop when she starts speaking, as even to the untrained ear, it sounds perfect. This is confirmed by the Chinese people with us. The event is very well organized, and as usual, the Chinese know how to put on a spectacular concert. There are singers from Spain, Russia, Korea, Taiwan, America, England, and the winner of Eurovision from Sweden. They all have wonderful voices, but the highlight is a male singer from Russia called Vitas. He breaks into the most powerful falsetto I've ever heard. There's also an older guy the presenters bill as the voice of rock. He looks familiar, but we can't place him. His voice is amazing, similar to Robert Plant. We find out that his name is Clyde Hughes, and he was the lead singer for Deep Purple and briefly for Black Sabbath. He kind of looks like he may have been dropped off and lost in China in the 70s. We also hear some beautiful voices from the Chinese stars in the show, and we imagine some of our students would have given their eye teeth to be here, so we feel privileged to have been invited. There were masks and automatic hand clappers and glow-in-the-dark paraphernalia on our seats when we arrived, including lit-up bunny and mouse ears. John immediately donned all of the above and was his usual keen self, jumping around, clapping and yelling for more throughout the performances. This did not go unnoticed. A TV presenter and her camera crew, complete with bright lights, comes over to interview him during one of the performances. Lydia, one of the lovely school secretaries, says, John will be famous. 
It's four hours later. We have all enjoyed the evening very much, but as usual in China, it is going on for a little too long for my taste. They have not learned the first rule of show business. Leave them wanting more. There have been several fake endings where I was thinking, good, we can go home now. But someone else comes on stage and sings another song. All the singers have come back out on stage and John said, I bet they will do We Are the World. And guess what they're singing? This must be the last song. We know there is an hour journey back home, so we start to leave when there are only a quarter of the people left in the audience. And as we walk out the door, I hear them start another song. New Year's Eve. We are in the jazz bar, and I jam a few songs with the house band, led by a small, wiry guy who loves Eric Clapton and plays in that style. They are good musicians, and even though none of them speak English and my Chinese is still non-existent, the language barrier is gone when it comes to the music. Angel and Laura, who are two lovely teachers at Maple Leaf, have invited lots of other teachers to come down and be my fan base. Some grade 12 students are here, as there is no drinking age in China, and many of the teachers are shouting and screaming, so I feel the love. We all kiss one another at 12, and I feel blessed to be here with John and such a wonderful mixture of characters. We will go to a club called 97 now, though I am starting to get tired, and hang out with the bright young things. Some of the teachers are drinking champagne as we go. I will have my celebratory Coke Zero, and I imagine feel brighter than they do in the morning. We stop on the beach to send some lanterns up with wishes, as it is now a tradition to do so. It is Sunday morning, and we are sitting in the breakfast room of the Marco Polo Hotel. We have eaten several platefuls of food, and John wants to go down to the beach to fly a kite. John's thought for the day. A kite can only be free when it is chained down. If you let go of the kite, it cannot fly. It is now January 6th, Ukrainian Christmas, I'm told. I have made a huge batch of cabbage rolls, and John has made some potato pancakes and boiled some sausage, and we will go to Laura's to eat and sing the Christmas songs we did not really get to sing for our Christmas this year. Next week is exam week, and the week after we start a new term before leaving on a five-week holiday. We are going to Singapore, then Australia. (laughs) 